then we went one place, and seven person Cedar, we came to, what was the name of the church? Was it Cedar Seventh Adventist Church? Or Second. Second. Seventh-day Adventist Church. Second Seventh-day Adventist Church. Seventh -day Adventist Church. Seventh -day Adventist Church. And then when we became Cedar Seventh-day Adventist Church, Judy Mumford is our resident historian. No, she's the archivist. <laughs> and that's, that's much better than the historian. And uh, then we became Glenville, and then we just changed our name once we moved to Grace Community. Now, the reason why I say that is this. We feel like a name, just like in the Bible, should represent character. It should represent character. So whatever we call ourselves, we are hoping that we will become what we call ourselves. Amen? Amen? So because our name is Grace Community, we are believing God this year to become Grace Community. That's our thing. To become Grace Community. Did you repeat that for me? Say, becoming Grace Community. Say that again. I want everybody to be on the same page so you know where we're going. Every teaching this year is going to try to help us to become, say become, Grace Community. Man, that's a, I think that's a noble aspiration. Would you say amen? If we become a Grace Community Seventh Day Adventist Church, and all those words are important, we want. So, in first, uh, our first series, we talked. We went through the book Steps to Christ, and we talked about what grace looks like in the life of a Christian. So that's grace. And now we're in the second phase, where we're going to talk about community. And so we're looking specifically at community from the standpoint of we are asking the community what they think about church. All right. All right. Then we're going to go into Seventh-day Adventist distinctive teachings in the third quarter. And in the last quarter, we're going to talk about what church is. And we're going to get more into community stuff. So what I did was, is, uh, I went on Facebook, Instagram, all social media outlets. I posted in our group meet, anywhere where I could try to get a hold of people. And I asked them, I said, what are some of your questions that you have about church practices and beliefs? What are some things that you're wrestling with? about what the church does and what the church believes. And I want to tell you right now, we're living in a day and age where there are more questions now than there have ever been before. And these questions are not just coming from the outside. We've got a lot of folks on the inside that have questions as well. And listen, saints, there's no diss on that. I remember when I was in school, uh, you know, my teacher would tell me, and I don't know if I got this quote correctly, totally right, but it's something like this, that the dumb question is the one that you don't ask, right? And so there is, no, there is no diss to the church because we have people in the church who are asking fundamental questions. I'm just praising God for the fact that the Lord has given us a platform where we can be able to answer these questions from the Word of God. Amen. So the theme, the theme for this quarter is going to be why. Somebody say why. Why. And we're going to simply uh, receive honest questions and then give biblical answers. Is that good? Yes. So uh, listen, you know, we're about to have some fun. So I'm going I'm to show you just a little bit about what, we, uh, what we're going to be dealing with. So uh, we're going to deal with what? We're dealing with beliefs and practices. I want to be clear on this. We're dealing with beliefs and what everybody? And there is a difference between methodology and message. And I'm actually going to talk about today because some of us confuse the two. So let me just go ahead and give you from the outset so you can invite some folk to come out to hear what we're going to be teaching on. Number one, we're going to be asking a question. One of the questions that was asked, why has the church changed so much? Number two, why, and whatever, however you want to ask the question, uh, about we, wine, club, and party. We're going to talk about that from the Word of God. Some of you guys are like, um, just find a text in the Bible, Pastor, and answer that question. There's no need to wrestle with that. Uh, well, y'all not living in 2017. There is a shift that is going on. 
and there is a constant ongoing discussion about the efficacy of partying, the efficacy of weaning and of wine. I just had that discussion before I got here today, so we're going to go through the Word of God, see what the Bible has to say about it, instead of just giving people try to answer. We're going to talk about pagan holidays, and why do churches celebrate Christmas and Easter and all that kind of stuff? Is that the Say about it. We're talking about sex and shacking. You know what shacking is, right? Cohabitating, living together. Uh, we're also going to be talking about tithing. Why do I got to give my money to the church? Right? It's my money, right? And then we're going to talk about LGBTQ. This is something we have to discuss for the Word of God. We're going to give you biblical answers for that as well. We're going to talk about piercings and tattoos. Is it acceptable? Is it not acceptable? From the Word of, from the Word of, from the Word of God. And then, uh, number eight, we're going to talk about church clothes. Why should we dress up? Should we not dress up? And what are church clothes? These are the questions that came to me. I didn't think this stuff. People are asking these things. Number nine, we're going to talk about the Sabbath and Sabbath practices and observance. How does one keep the Sabbath? How does one not keep the Sabbath? We're going to talk about that. That's good stuff. I don't know about you. I'm excited about it. Some, some people ask, why do we have to attend church? Specifically, those of you who are watching right now. <laughs> People want to know, seriously, this is a growing conversation. People want to know, why do I have to attend church? If I am the church, then why do I have to go to what we call the church, right? Then number 11, we're going to talk about marriage and divorce. A lot, is, a lot has changed with that uh, from days gone by to days right now, I'll tell you that. And then some people are wondering, why are we not preaching the Adventist message today like we used to? People are concerned. They want to know, has this Adventism falling by the wayside? And how come we're not hearing what we used to hear in today's society? We're going to talk about that and figure out why. Number 13, we're going to talk about, we got, there's 16 by the way. We're also going to talk about why worship practices have changed. The way we have church now is not the way we used to have church. Amen. I'll leave it alone. I'm looking forward to that one. Why don't we speak in tongues? There's a, there's a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 that talks, the whole chapter is on tongues. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of debate. People want to know. Why don't we speak in tongues? Number 15, we're going to talk about why do we need pastors or preachers? This is a question that came out. So I can feed my own soul. I don't need a pastor. Yeah. And then number 16, why has Jesus not come yet? Why has Jesus not come yet? Is that all right? Good. You guys excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to have this, these, these very, I'm telling you, these will promise to be very energetic discussions. Uh, the topics alone will, will not need me to flip and dance up here to keep your attention. I promise you that. And today's subject is different. So now y'all can start timing it. That was just the preamble. Timing it. So today's topic is, which is better, old school church or new school church? Which is better? The old school church or the new school church. Let's go into our text of scripture today, Mark chapter 7, for the New King James Version. And this will be our main passage of scripture for today. The Bible says, and I'm going to go right uh, to the text because it's on the screen. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from where, everybody? From Jerusalem. And then the Bible says, now when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found what, everybody? Oh. They found fault. Verse 3. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands 
in a special way. Holding to the, and this is a very important word right here, everybody. Holding to the what? Holding to the tradition of the elders. Then verse 4 says, when they come from the marketplace, still talking about the Pharisees and religious leaders and scribes, they do not eat unless they wash, and there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, talking about Jesus, they said to Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? but eat bread with unwashed hands. Verse 6, he answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? I'm sure he didn't say it that way. <laughs> As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their, what everybody? Their heart is far from me. Verse 7, in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold to the, what's that word everybody? Tradition. The tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things as you do. Verse 9, he said to them, all too well, watch this, watch what Jesus says, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. Verse 10, from Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. That's what Moses said. Verse 11. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, a gift that is a gift to God, verse 12, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother. Verse 13. Making, now watch this, making the word of God of no effect. Somebody say no effect. No effect. Through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. The title of my message today is Old School. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray and ask that the Spirit of Christ would be here. We're praying, God, that the Spirit of Christ would be here. Lord, we are praying that the Spirit of Christ would be here for understanding in the principles of the Word of God. We're praying that no man would be uplifted today, that no opinion would be uplifted today, but that the Word of God would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. We trust the Holy Spirit right now to take full control is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I turned 40 this year, most of you know. And uh, praise God. Amen. That was a, I'm younger than you, amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. <laughs> 40. Yeah, a lot of things, honestly, you know, and some of you guys out there saying, you're 40, but you don't even know. You got, you got to live a little bit while. So I'm, I'm 50 something, I'm 60 something. We got some 90 year olds in the church. But let me tell you what I've noticed that's happened. Some of you know this. Once you crossed out of your 30s and went into your, to your 40s, you did know that there was a mental shift that took place. Am I telling the truth? You, you start thinking a little different. Yeah. Um, you realize now that you're not really young anymore. You're not. You're not young like a young adult. You're not. You, I mean, I'm like kids. Once I got kids, the young adults didn't want to hang with me no more. So like we're just on a whole different. We just. I mean, people with kids, then you just it's different. 
So, man, so one of the crazy ones, you want to hang with me? Praise the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, it's like, you know, the single people, they just have different priorities than somebody who goes home every day and has to worry about homework and stuff like that. It just changes. You know, it used to be a time where I could stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So there's something about kids makes you go to bed earlier. I don't know what it is. You so my prior, our priorities often change depending on what, listen everybody, depending on what state of life that we're in. And, I'm just, and this is really what I'm trying to get at. Once I turned 40, one of the things I noticed about me is that I started wanting more of what I grew up on. I'm, I'm kind of less interested in new stuff now than I was in my 20s and 30s. And I'm, I'm feeling something on the inside of me that wants to gravitate towards my past. Yeah. I noticed myself lately listening to old music. Lately, I have. I mean, and, and that's, listen, notice, I like the new stuff, but there's something about the old stuff that I've just, I just, I just been gravitating to it. Man, this thing is, and, and, and people are realizing that I'm starting to drift away from new school to more old school because I was at Lifetime Fitness the other day, and I was there to play basketball, and there was a brother who I assumed was the same age as me, at least in my mind, I look just as young as he does. And uh, in my mind, <laughs> right? And this is what this guy said to me, which is, I mean, I, I was crushed by this. He yells out as we were picking teams, and he says, I got old school. <laughs> wow. I'm like, really? <laughs> the dude called me old school. So I'm guessing he must have been in his 20s or whatever, or whatever but I'm like, bro, Kobe was, Kobe just retired, but I guess Kobe is old school to some people too. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something right now. This ain't in my sermon, but I got to tell you. Man, when he called me old school, man, I played with all of my might. I'm telling you, I was balling out of my mind. I was like, I am not going to let this dude think I'm old or old school. I put work in. Well, the truth of the matter is, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, I actually, I actually, I miss old school stuff. I do. Anybody feel me on that? Come on, that's just right, to be honest. I, mean, I, I, I miss old school stuff. But what I'm noticing is that everybody has a different old school. So when I say old school, it's not old school for you. So, so let's just talk about society and, and how things happen. When I say old school, Look, one of the things that comes to my mind is old school Atari. Like you don't, like you don't, even, you may not even know what Atari is because that was, I mean, that's old school for me. That's a video game. All right, but what's old school for me is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Y'all don't know nothing about that. What's old school for me is the Cosby Show, A Different World. That's old school. What's old school for me is a high top fade with some baggy jeans. Y'all not hearing me now. Run DMC, LL Cool J. Uh, y'all trying to act like y'all know that stuff. Now, but for some of you, old school is Marvin Gaye. For some of you, old school is Harry Cuomo. My dad is a little. For some of you, old school is Frank Sinatra. For some of you, old school is, or I'll help you out now, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Supremes or the Temptations. Uh, I can't tell you who it was, but there was somebody uh, we went to get a Christmas party uh, a little while ago, and, and the Temptations uh, Silent Night was requested. And when that song was requested, somebody came alive. I'm just going to tell you. Somebody came alive. 
The old school for me is the Hawkins.
There's a word for this, and it's called nostalgia. I want to teach this today, all right? Y'all know what nostalgia? Somebody say nostalgia. Nostalgia. It's a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past. Typically, for a period or a place with happy personal associations. How many of you here just a little bit nostalgic? Now, did you realize nostalgia used to be considered a mental illness? The term came, the term came, I don't have too much time to get it, but the term came after a war and some of the men were homesick and wanted to go home and so they kind of came up with this thing, it was a psychological analysis of how they thought. But the bottom line is, nostalgia is not neither evil nor good, it just naturally happens when you get to a certain phase of life, you start wanting what you came up with. Oh, now, I didn't even talk about food. Does anybody ever get those things, uh, let, me, let me say, you ever get those moments where you just, your senses, yeah. you just smell something and it reminds you of something yeah. when you were a kid? Yeah. And you want to go back to that place where the place yeah. is closed down? Yeah. Can't get it anymore? Now watch this, like, this is quite psychological. There's actually science behind why you want to go back to the old school. There's science behind it. Hang with me. According to Alan R. Hirsch in his report, Nostalgia, a, a, a Neuropsychiatric Understanding, watch what he says here. Nostalgia, take a with me, everybody, is a yearning for an idealized past. Pause right there. The key word here, everybody, is idealized. When we are nostalgic, we're not wanting to go back to the stuff we didn't like. We want to go back to the stuff that we like. Now, let's be clear on this. Everything back in the day wasn't good. And we, what, what he's saying is, is we always make back in the day better than it is when we get past back in the day. All right, a longing for a sanitized impression impression of the past. Stay, did y'all catch that? Is anybody catching these deep words here? It's for a sanitized, in other words, you clean up back in the day. All right, that's what happens when you go into, 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 into reminiscing. What, what in psychoanalysis is referred to as a screen memory? Y'all know what a screen is, right? A screen prevents certain things from coming in. So what we do is, when we say, I want to go back to the old time way, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, y'all know that song? Or give me that old time religion. What, what we're saying is, is when, now, when, when the slaves sang that song to get the old time religion, were they saying we want to go back to slavery? Everything back in the day was good, but when we say we want to go back, we're wanting to take the good from it. Are we together now? So, give us a memory. Not a true recreation. Please don't miss these words. Please don't. This is critical message. Not a true recreation of the past, but rather, but rather a combination of many different what everybody. All integrated together. And in the process, all negative emotions are filtered out. So what happens is, when you say, I want to go back, your brain, your brain, this is an amazing thing. Your brain refuses to pick out the bad. Please don't take this the wrong way. But nostalgia lies to you. It simply says, I don't want to go there with all the other stuff. Let's just extrapolate the stuff that I liked. Are y'all here? So, you only, read this with me everybody, you only remember what your biased mind has chosen to recall. So even me saying, I'm going to go back to the old school, I, I do, but I don't. Come on, say amen. There's some things that's better now, and I praise God for it. But there's some things that we miss that we want to gain back, 
But we don't want all the old school. Come on, say amen. I don't want all that. He said, I'll tell you why in a minute. All right. Now, this is going to blow your mind. This is so critical, right? Here, watch this. So he goes on to say that our strongest, this is deep, our strongest memories are laid down between the ages of 15 and 25. Ah. So watch this. Especially if you look at church. When people start reminiscing, I've heard some of you do it. Now, I am reminiscing about the days when City Brooks was here. And for many of you, when City Brooks was here, you were not an old, gray-haired person who longed for the old days. You were a new, young adult that was experiencing. When you joined this church, many of you, you joined as young people. And so your best memories, help me with those, are not when you were gray-headed and old, but you're trying to pull back from when you first established memories. So I'm just going to jump ahead and say this. I just have to jump ahead and say this. So if you got to recreate, if you got to experience the experience of church in your young adult years, then why can't, please don't miss this, everybody, please don't miss this, then why can't a new generation make their own memories? The reason why you love the Sabbath day song is because when you came in the church, that was the song that you heard repeated over and over. The reason why some of us want the fourth commandment to be repeated in the beginning of the service is why, everybody? Because when we came in, that's what we had. So, so please hear me right now. What I want to call for today is not a beating up of the old school or a beating up of the new school. I want us to call for an appreciation for what God did in our lives where we were and an appreciation for what God is doing in people's lives right now. You were 50, between 15 and 25, many of you, when you came to faith in Christ. And, and as you go back and want the old, the old times. Y'all listen. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I, I was tempted to play some music in here today. Not all gospel. Just to see the looks on your faces when you heard certain songs. And I know where your mind goes. Your mind doesn't go back to your 40s. Your mind doesn't go back to your 50s. Your mind goes back to 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, in the back of some folks' wagon going at us. Or some deuce in the quarter. And the same is true of church. When you were sitting in the back of the church and you still have alcohol on your breath and you were still in the club every now and then. But you heard a mighty preacher like H.L. Cleveland and you heard a mighty preacher like C.D. Brooks and the way that he preached and the way that he taught it, 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 it changed your life and so that moment stays with you for the rest of your life and, and you don't want to let it go but you had children and they came up under a different kind of anointing they came up under a different season all I'm saying y'all I'm not here to hate on nobody new school or old school the, the bottom line is it don't matter what school you came into we just need to learn how to celebrate wherever God touched you So let it be. It was a gospel choir. So let it be. But let's not hate on each other simply because we came up in a different era. The old folks hated on you. I'm not telling the truth in here. Oh, y'all, y'all not praying with me here today. Let me keep stepping here. 
So, so, so here are, so, so here are the reasons. Here are the reasons why we do this. Now, this is this is helpful to understand where we're going. Bouts of nostalgia are often prompted by feelings. Listen to this, everybody. This is what makes us want to go back. Feelings of loneliness. Wow. Say with me. Dis, say with me. Disconnectedness or meaninglessness. So let's look at the church life, for example. When change is happening in the church, we essentially begin to feel lonely because we're like a fish out of water. We're not used to this. This is not, our identity is not in this new stuff. Our identity is in the stuff we came out of. So, so what happens, and I see it happening in the world. The world is changing so fast. My kids are changing so fast. Information is coming at me. It's the same principle. And so when I get all of this, uh, this lack of stability, what I cry out for is I don't cry out for no tie <laughs> I ain't crying out for Kurt Franklin. I'm sorry, man. This is me. This is my whole. I'm crying out for no one yeah, formed yeah. against me. <laughs> that, that, that's my old school. But some of you, when you get in that difficult space, you cry out for change. A change has come over me. But that's for some of you. But some of y'all, y'all ain't gonna fool that gospel at all. And then you want to go back to yield, not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Some victory to help you, others to win. Fight and fully onward. I'll know the rest of the song, but know this part. Look ever to Jesus, He will carry you through. The Savior to help. Hey, come on. Come for strength and hand. That's what you'll go to. But whatever you go to is not right or wrong. It's just what you go to. We got to learn to celebrate everybody's experience with God. And we don't need to make our experience seem like it's a better experience. I'm going to say this now. Praise and, just because we're in praise and worship now doesn't mean we worship better than the previous generation. There's a previous generation that would not lift their hands, that would not stand, that would sing these European hymns, and they would be in the presence of God. Are y'all hearing me now? My mother used to play the piano, and I would hear my mother get up early in the morning, and she would go down to the piano, and she would start playing and singing. And she wasn't playing and singing the stuff that I had heard. She was playing and singing the hymns of God. Come ye disconsolate, where'er ye languish. Come to the mercy seat. Some of y'all even know these songs. What I'm telling you is this. She went back. Where she found God. But what she would not do is she would not diminish when we found the Lord. There is no generation that's more spiritual than the next. Stop telling that lie. It wasn't better in the 60s. It was not better in the 70s. People were cheating on their wives in the 70s. People were sleeping around in the 60s. People were gay in the, in, in, in the, in the 20s. God is hearing me now. The only difference now is that it's more acceptable now than it was back then. But there was liars in the church in the past, and there's liars in the church now. There were preachers that could preach then, there's preachers that can preach now. And there was preachers that couldn't preach back then. And there's preachers that can't preach now. It's not your era that makes it special. What makes anything special, hallelujah, is the presence of God in his people, no matter what area you came in. But when you feel disconnected, you go to stop it on Facebook. I ain't gonna be able to get through all of it, so catch me on second service. 
I went to uh, I went to Facebook and I said, let me see what they're thinking. I asked these two questions. That's my post right there. I said, what do you miss from the old school way of doing church? Yo, I got like almost 300 responses. And everybody said hymns. They said AYS, youth federations and church socials. And I think, I think the other one, what was the other one? Tim's, AYS, youth. Uh, no, some youth, huh? MV, all same thing, AYS, MV. Uh, I, I can't even remember. MV, Missionary Volunteer, Advocacy Society. So, but anyway, the, but what I noticed is that the main thing that people missed, they didn't miss the mission of the church. They didn't, they didn't, no, nobody said they missed soul winning. Nobody said they missed being filled with the Holy Ghost and leading people to Christ. Nobody said that. What most people said, and this is what all of us do, they missed how they felt about church. When we think back and what we want to go back to, we're not trying to go back to lead people to Jesus because let's be real. Just like it is now, just like it was back then. Come on, don't tell that lie. Back in the day, everybody wasn't leading nobody to Jesus. You had a small group of people that was fired up for the kingdom of God, like Sister McDonald and some of us. Come on, tell me to you now. But you had lazy folk back then, and you got lazy folk now. What we want to go back to is we want to go back to selfishness. We want to go back to things being the way we want them to be. But we don't want to go back. Oh, y'all not praying with me now. We don't want to go back to service. We don't want to go back to self-denial. We don't want to go back to the Spirit of God breaking us in the midnight hour and telling us, you a sinner and you need a Savior. We want to go back to those moments of comfort. That's why I asked the same question of the new school folk. I said, what do you like about the new school way of doing church? All selfish stuff. I like praise and worship. So 90% of these days, I like praise and worship. I like praise and worship. So basically what you're saying is, I like my music. Does anybody in here like Jesus? Does anybody in here like seeing people who are dead in their trespasses? Nobody said I like baptismal services back then. Nobody said I like seeing us being filled with the Holy Ghost in prayer meeting. Nobody said that. Let me wrap this thing up. Let me show you something. I need a slide to do this. I'm going to show you this text. See, we have a problem, and our problem is preference. Somebody say preference. Preference is just another way of saying we like our traditions. Now, I have to say this because I only have a few more minutes left. There is a difference between preference and principle. There is a difference between tradition and truth. May I illustrate? Sabbath school. Is Sabbath school a principle or a preference? Well, let me help you out. Sabbath school ain't holy because it's a method. It's not a principle. It's a method founded on a principle. Did you guys know where Sabbath school came from? Sunday school. You know what bothers me? It's like in the church sometimes, if it didn't come from us, we say it's evil. But just about 99% of what we do, we got from somebody else. You know where AYS and MV came from? 
it came from the Baptists to do BTU. BTU. So how can any of these things be holy when we got them from somebody else? Ah, let me just let me really mess with your head for a minute. You know what the original mission of Sabbath school, Sunday school was from where we got Sabbath school? There was a man in England who noticed at that time there were no regulations on child labor. And so you had children who were working six and seven days a week. And they were not learning how to read and write. So a layman in the church says, we need to figure out a way to teach these kids how to be educated. So he started what was known, what we know now as Sabbath school or Sunday school. But do you realize in its inception, it was not a bunch of church people coming together to argue about Monday's lesson, Tuesday's, or even just to agree about the lesson study. They were, the, the whole purpose of Sunday school was evangelism. The purpose of it was to teach kids in the hood how to read. And so they used the Bible as the guidebook. But as time has progressed, Sabbath school has diminished, I say diminished, into a bunch of believers sitting around talking about the Bible. But they are not doing evangelism from, oh, y'all not hearing me. And so what we say is sacred, we didn't even create it, and it's not even what it was when it started. My dad, when, we, when he pastored in Lakewood, New Jersey, he started three churches. You know how he started them? He started them on an old school thing called Brant Sabbath School, Judy Bumper. Brant Sabbath School was essentially taking the word of God into inner city neighborhoods and teaching kids the word of God and building churches as a result of it. But now, all we do is sit around and talk about what we think about the Bible. If the guy that created Sunday school could see how we're doing Sabbath school, what would he say? Let's go back to the old school. Do you see what I'm trying to show you? There used to be a day. Kim was going to teach you on this. Do you know why in the Bible there is no order of service? I had a friend of mine just yesterday. He, he has cast the congregation, and every time they pray, they heal. Every time. Because Ellen White says. Does the Bible say every time you pray, you go to me? There is so much confusion in the church about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And most of the time, it's not based on the word. It's based on an idea that somebody had. It was a good idea. And what we have done is we've inherited the idea. And now we repeat the idea. And we say this idea is the only way to do it. And you know what you call that? Tradition. Now I've got three minutes. i got to wrap up. So I'm going to summarize. Tradition is the very thing that we as Adventists and Protestants have said that we don't want to get caught up in. But all of us, I'm saying all of us, all of us, new school and old school, praise and worship is going to be a tradition one day. And there's going to be a generation that comes after that, that's my kids and my kids' kids, who are going to say we need to move away from that and do, and do something new. And we're going to be mad saying, no, 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 there's only one way to do it. But praise and worship is not a principle the way it's done. It's not a, it's not a, it's a, it's a program. It's a way of doing it, but it can be done different ways. Are y'all hearing me now? What we ought not do is idolize 
way of doing things. Let me show you what happens when you do that. And, and I just, the text of scripture, I put danger up here because there's a danger when we get caught up in this thing. Look at the text real quick. The Bible says, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with, that was defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews said with me, do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding to what? The main thing that Jesus had a problem with, with the early, with, 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 with the Jewish church, was that they wanted to do tradition. And when Jesus came, I love this, Jesus destroyed tradition. He turned tradition upside down and threw it in the trash. Everything that they thought was the way to do church, Jesus did the opposite. They taught that you don't talk to women, but Jesus set women free. They taught that, that you don't hang around Gentiles, and Jesus came around getting defiled and dirty, hanging around them all. They taught that if you're really holy, according to this passage, that if you're really holy, you are required to take care of your parents. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. But they created something called Corbin. Which basically says that if I've got some money, I can say it belongs to God and I don't have to take care of my family. And thus, I'm okay. Jesus came and said, you are a hypocrite because now you've created your own standard and this standard is not based on the word of God. Now let me say this. There is nothing wrong with tradition. Let me help you out here. Me standing here at this time of morning preaching to you with a suit and a tie on Standing behind a lectern is a tradition and not a, and not a principle. If we want it, we can put this whole place in a circle and we can all share the word of God together. When Paul preached, Paul did not organize a sermon and put, put three points together. Paul would stand up with no Bible in hand and he would quote the Old Testament and then he would make it plain and then he would ask them for comments. I'm trying to help y'all out here. We've got to be careful that we don't do like the old school church in the, in, the, in the Gospels and make our tradition more important than the Word of God. Your way is not holy. Whether you praise in Gospel or whether you praise in hymns. But it all can be acceptable to God if it is acceptable with the right heart. So I want, to make, I, want to make, I want to make three points and sit down. Let me show you these points I want to make. And I, w- I wish I could show you what Ellen White had to say about this. You got to be shocked. <laughs> Point number one is, traditions have a tendency to focus on us instead of God and his word. Wow. Look, look what they said to Jesus. They said, your disciples do not follow the tradition of the elders. <laughs> Who is the elders? <laughs> Who is they? And who do they think they are? That their way is the only way. Whether they're young elders or old elders. The problem with tradition is we like to own our thing. And if they've done our way, we're not going to receive it. Point number two. I hope I'm helping somebody today. Point number two. Traditions, oh, this is actually not point number two. Well, here's the point. Traditions can become evil when they take preference to the principles of the word. So look, traditions in themselves are not evil. Look at that. So, so this whole idea of when a man takes his hat off in a building, that's not evil. But it ain't Bible, it's a tradition. 
Uh, somebody can come in here right now and play hat on, and God ain't sitting up there upset. <laughs> but it's a custom and a tradition that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you see the difference between a principle? What's the principle? The principle is respect. But listen, let me ask you this, and this is why we're so messed up, the guardian of the sanctuary. <laughs> I had a pastor call me yesterday, and he said that at his church, that the members do not want him shaking hands with members because it's irreverent. <laughs> because Ellen White said that when you come into church, you ought to be solemn. <clears throat> Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Y'all think this stuff is being made up. It's not. Let me ask you a question. Is God not everywhere? So if I hug somebody, if the presence of God is outside, just as much as it is on the inside, if I shake somebody's hand out there, then it should be inappropriate out there if it's inappropriate in here. And one of the things I have preached to you since the time I've got here, don't you change how you act just because you come in here. That's what I say. You don't change who you are because you came in a building. You be who you are because the presence of God is everywhere. And that's the problem now. We got too many Christians that are different in here and they don't act the same when they're not. Reference is not a principle of a structure. Reference is a principle of a person. And I, the same conversation that I have in here, I ought to have out there. Some of y'all great talking about this is Sabbath. I'm going to wait to tell her off later. Oh, yeah. oh. It's right on Sabbath, it ain't right on Monday. If it's not right on Friday night, it ain't right on Tuesday. You are putting the traditions of man ahead of the word of God. Jesus says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God dwells in you. These buildings are going to burn in hell. All of them. The old Glenville is going to burn. And so is the new one. And I'm not loyal to either one of them. What I'm loyal to is not a building. I'm loyal to a person that saved my soul. Number two. Traditions have the tendency to make us focus on religious behaviors instead of right relationship. So what's the, what's, what's the Pharisees? They come saying, uh, these boys ain't washing their hands the way we do. Now look, this wasn't like sanitary washing your hands. This wasn't like you wash your hands before you eat. This was them trying to look holy because if they had gone to the marketplace and they had been around people not as holy as them, they would then consider themselves to be dirty. So what they would do is, is they would hold their hands like this, and they would take a cup, and it would be very, very ostentatious. So everybody can see, they would pour water over here, and then they pour like this, and then they take their, all of this, just to look holy. But watch this, watch what they do. They're trying to be religious, but then they turn around and criticize other people. Wow. Wow. What is more important? To keep the rule or to treat people with love and kindness. Don't mess with me. Number three, and last but not least, and this is my final point. Traditions can cause us to miss the new movements of God and the Spirit. Now, th th this is what's so crazy about this text. Get ready for it. This is what's so crazy about this text. 
They are getting on Jesus for not keeping the tradition. Anybody just catch that? God is in their face. And the only thing they can see is their tradition. This is the problem with, with loving traditions too much. I'm talking about all of us. All of us. The problem with loving your tradition too much is that when God decides to move in a different way, you're not going to be able to see it because you're so fixated in, in him moving in only one way. I'll preach it. I hope all of you trollers who get on my face, I'm going to say it in your face. Listen to me right now. If God can move with the Hawkins, then God can move with Kurt Franklin. If God can move with white music, then God can move with black music. Don't play with me here today. If God can move with Jesus not dressing up for church, then God can move if you do dress up for church. If God can move in Kim Bolton, then God can move in somebody who is not a part of our faith as well. If God can move in gospel, then God can move in gospel rap. And if you're not careful, you'll be so fixated that it can only be done this way, that the Spirit of God will move right in your face and you will not recognize it. I don't want to be that person but the Spirit of God is moving. This is what the Word says. The Bible says that in the last days, that His Spirit, watch this, oh, okay, His Spirit, Job 2 and verse 28, is going to be poured out on all flesh. In other words, the Spirit of God, Akil, is going to give everybody a chance to be filled with Him. The Bible doesn't say the Spirit of God is going to be poured out on some people. The Bible says on every Jason, every breathing person, yes. the Spirit of God in the last days is going to be poured out on all flesh. Let's praise Him on that for a Everybody's going to get a chance to get the Holy Ghost. Everybody, it didn't say that the traditions will be poured out on all flesh. It didn't say methods will be poured out on all flesh. It didn't say ways of churches will be poured out. And different people in heaven. Yeah. And I love to see that choir up there from yeah. all different backgrounds. Yeah. We gotta get over this racism yeah. stuff. Yeah. We gotta get over this sexism yeah. stuff. Yeah. We gotta get over all that. Because God's saving everybody. Yeah. God's going to be people in heaven that you never thought would be there. There are gonna be people there from all different backgrounds. And I wanna ask you a question. That if God is gonna pour himself out on all different kinds of people, then how can church be the only one kind of way? What we value here in the United States is totally different if you go someplace else. Talking about women can't wear pants. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Because the scripture says that a woman should not wear that which is pertaining to a man. Well, Jesus wore a dress. What you going to do about that? And in some parts of the Aboriginal and in some parts of Africa, there are iron women who are Seventh-day Adventist Christian women who walk around in modesty with their breasts out. Yes, they do. And no top on.
She says, in the last days, the Spirit of God is going to be poured out without measure. And because many of us are so fixated on our way to the church, we're going to miss the Spirit of God, and we're going to grieve the Spirit of God, and we're going to be lost. I long for the day when we have every type of service in this church. Service in the park, I don't care. Service at the club, who cares? Service in here, high church. Repeat the fourth commandment, dress up. I don't care. Service dress down. Put a DJ in here. I don't care. But let everything that be done, let it be done decently and in order. And let it be done to the glory of God. But I look at some of these folks, I see the talents and the skills that they have. I know the spirit of God is with them. The devil couldn't give some of these folks these talents. But I look at some of these kids. Paul would say, I, I would live to be in Byron's day. 
when the spirit, do you realize that the best days of the church are not been the best days of the church are not behind us they're right now stop living in the past Hallelujah. Anybody want the Holy Ghost? What's he saying right here? You want the Holy Ghost. You want the Holy Ghost. You don't want to be out because it's not in. Because your stuff is not in. If I were you, I would want the Spirit of God to, 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 to be poured around me and not follow me. Yes. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. We want to live by principles and not by preferences. We want to stand on truth and not on tradition. Ain't nothing wrong with the tradition. There's nothing wrong with having a preference. But we don't want to be governed by them. We want to be driven by the word of God. We want to be driven by the spirit of God. We don't want to be like the Pharisees that couldn't even recognize Jesus. They're arguing with God. Lord have mercy. Lord, if you're moving all around me, don't do it without me. Lord, if you're moving all around me, get my attitude right, Lord. Help me to get involved in ministry, no matter if it looks like what I want to do or not. Oh, God, uh, don't do it without me, Lord. If that's your desire, just lift your hand right now. Father, you see us, you hear us. Bless us. Bless this series as we dig into the Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.